0: Hello, hello. Happy Monday. I am glad to see all of your faces tonight. And I am so glad to share in this last ginormous class (laughs) for our Mindful Living series. Right? So we have gone through the ethics of meditation, which was five weeks of how we engage with the outside world. And now we're hitting our fifth week of a mindful living series, which is how we engage with ourselves, what we observe and experience within ourselves. And so just as a quick recap, you know, we started with purity, which I really taught as this idea around decluttering, decluttering our physical spaces and our bodies and our minds and our hearts. From decluttering, we moved into contentment, which is that sense of profound okayness with our lives. From contentment, we dropped into self discipline, which is like where we really started to, you know, literally and metaphorically light a little bit of a fire. And that self discipline is drive, it's digestion, it's a willingness to get a little singed on the edges as we. Move along our path as we grow. And then last week, we talked about self study. We talked about self study as this idea of uncovering a bit of who we are underneath all the things that we think talk about who we are, right? Underneath the job, underneath the gender, underneath the likes and dislikes, underneath the beliefs, right? We're coming sort of stripping down to that base, luminous, divine self. And from that place, when we're in the place where we're really willing to engage in that sense of self-study, well, then we're asked to step into this last tenet, which is so beautifully titled, trustful surrender. I love that. That's not my wording. That's the Yoga Sutra wording, trustful surrender. And we're going to spend some time talking about both of the words in that phrase, because they both are really important to this teaching. And I think we'll start with surrender. And I, I can't talk about surrender without naming my favorite surrender quote. This is Mark Nepo, who's an incredible poet, writer, philosopher. He's written many beautiful books. And he wrote, we are all continually asked to learn how to ask for what we need only to practice accepting what we are given. We are all continually asked to learn how to ask for what we need, only to practice accepting what we're given. And I like that that phrase has two components to it. And I think it reminds us, like all of the teachings we have talked about through ethics, through this series, that nothing is as it seems on the surface you know, we can sort of glance with half an eyelid and one brain cell at a word and be like, oh, right, I know surrender. And I bet most of us would at least associate it with what you see in the dictionary, which is to stop resisting. It's like, I give up. I throw my hands up and I let go. Right? I'm not going to do anything about it. And that oh, so dangerous phrase comes in, it is what it is. And surrender, like all of our teachings, contains so much more complexity than simply throw your hands up in the air and say it is what it is, or simply throw your hands up in the air and give up, right? Surrender contains both strength and softness. It contains both action and letting go. And so when we talk about surrender, rather than thinking about giving up or not engaging, we're asked to look at surrender as letting go of what we think we want, letting go of everything we think we want based on our conditioning, based on the culture around us, And from that place of self-study, as we're tapping into the luminous self or the divine self, you can choose the wording you like there, as we're tapping into that truer sense of self, well, this is where we're going to take full responsibility for the vision that shows up. Full responsibility and let go. Both of those pieces show up together. You know, um, I pu- I printed out this list. I'm going to read a little bit of it to you tonight. And this list, it comes from a book called Sacred Success by Barbara Stanney. And it's interesting, you know, I have, I always pay attention when things show up in multiples for me, right? Like, I hear the same thing in different places many times. And this is something that has shown up in the last week, several times for me, which is that the sort of cultural conditioning, the, like, Um, hidden belief that I think a lot of us carry. I identified it. The minute I read it, I was like, oh yeah, that absolutely exists in my body, right? The, The hidden belief is that success, happiness, like the, you know, quote unquote, good life is attached to fame, fortune, and power, right? One, two, or all three of those components, fame, fortune, power. This is what means I am a success, that I'm doing a good job. And in all of these instances that I saw this showing up, the conversation was really about the ordinary and the extraordinary and remembering to emphasize the ordinary. Like the loveliness of a meal you cook yourself, the beauty of sitting outside on April 24th in whatever the weather may be, right? In these little moments that make up our lives, but actually are the moments that make up our contentment. They make up our health. They make up our understanding of who we are and how we move through the world. And so, you know, we're talking about surrender. We're talking about sort of letting go of this, like ego, letting go of this. You have to be famous and rich or powerful to matter. We're letting go of that. This is the piece that we're like, hands off, goodbye, throwing it away. And what I'm turning towards are the things that are really true for me as an individual, for us as a collective community. And so all that being said, one of these things that just came up for me is this book, Sacred Success. And in the book, the author has a list of conflicting agendas, one of which one column is the ego voice, right? This is the voice of fear. And the other column is the soul voice, the voice of love. And so I want to read the voice of fear first. This is the conditioned voice, right? And these are some of the things on her list. Its job is to keep you safe, learned its job in childhood, focuses on your flaws, urges you to hide, defensive and impatient, makes excuses, compares self with others, craves the comfort of the familiar speaks first and loudest, depends on busyness and addictions. And then she contrasts that list with the soul list, the voice of love list, source of true power. Its job is to make sure you soar, remind you of your gifts, speaks only truth, pushes you to shine, takes action, has compassion for self and others, sees everything as a gift, favors the uncertainty and the unknown, is quiet but persistent, requires stillness. When we talk about surrender, I really want us to think about surrender as this aspect of letting go of everything in that voice of fear list. That's what we're surrendering. And at the same time, like surrender, um, I'm gonna rephrase that. That's what we're surrendering when we use surrender in that sort of basic surface level way, right? Like, I'm just gonna let go of that. I'm gonna take my hands off of it. And then that voice of love column. Well, this is where we're taking surrender with that sense of action. I'm gonna ask for what I need. And practice accepting what I'm given. That's the surrender in that column, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna name it, the thing I'm here to do. And you know, all through this series and the last series, I also have been referencing the book by Deborah Adele, Yamas and Niyamas, it's called. And I love that in the surrender cha- chapter, the people that she names, the example figures, are abolitionists. There are people that actively fought against Hitler in World War II. There is not a single person mentioned in that chapter who was like, well, this is what's happening in the world. And my job is just to surrender and say, like, it is what it is. That is not the path we're on. It's just not. That's spiritual bypassing. That's jumping off the path and hoping you find your way through the woods somewhere further along which doesn't happen. And this path is saying, you know what? You're surrendering. You're surrendering your fear. You're surrendering your doubt that one person can make a difference. You're surrendering the fact that people are probably going to judge you or ask what you think you're doing and who do you think you are to do so. And what you're taking action on, what you're taking full responsibility for is what you know you're here to do. It doesn't have to be a great big thing. It doesn't have to be fame and fortune and power, but it's the thing you're here to do. And if you remember the last bullet point on that list, that soul list, remember what it said? It said requires stillness. Requires stillness. You know but we've got to remember that we know. And busyness and addictions keep us from remembering. And so when we hit this last teaching, right, from here, if we were going to like keep going down the yoga sutras, which is, as you know, a meditation text, if we were to keep going, we would like start getting into, and now here's how you meditate, right? That's the next teaching is like, this is how you sit down to meditate, because this is all tied together. It becomes this big cycle, right? We pull all of these teachings from the very first one we learn nonviolence, all the way through to surrender. And they all weave together to create this ability to be with ourselves as we sit down. And the last thing I want to say, oh, actually, I got to say two more things about this because we haven't talked about the word trustful. It's trustful surrender, right? And so this, this thing that we know, the luminous self, the divine self, the self underneath all the other things that we can't actually put into words, this asks of us a tremendous amount of faith, right? Because I mean, here we are. This is uncertain and unknown. We're taking the word of teachers from thousands of years ago. And we're talking about something that defies our ability to talk. If we could just understand it and know it, we would all already be enlightened, right? So I could talk for two more hours, and I think we would still sort of all be like, I kind of understand, but also like you never defined who I was underneath my job. Right. I mean, that's the truth. Cause I can't, I can't, you know, I'm like, when my daughter asked that question, I was like, well, I'm a girl. And then I was like, oh no, that's not what I want to say. So I like kind of pulled that back. And then I was like, I'm you know, I mean, it's just like you just run out of words real fast, right? Like, how do you define who you are before all of those things? So, it's asking of us this deep, deep trust. And the trust is the you know, you know that you know, and you have to trust that because the minute we do that's when we start to really hear the voice inside. Before that, that voice sounds like daydreams. It sounds like a random thought or like, how funny that I read the words, fame, fortune, power, like five times in two days. That's so interesting, right? And then we don't think about it. But the stillness and the trust is the piece that says, pay attention. Pay attention, those words are for you. And so we listen. And then finally, we talked about trustfulness. The last piece we'll talk about is that as we learn all of these tenets, I want us just to remember... In all of these teachings, in all of these ideas, the most prevalent one, the thing that we have to carry with us at all times is that there's nowhere to go and nothing to get. There's nowhere to go and there's nothing to get. Because I think, I I mean, at least I can speak from my experiences. Like When I hear things like this, I so badly want to understand it and embody it instantly. And I can feel very graspy around it. Like, do you know what I mean by that? Like, I'm kind of like leaning forward and reaching for the knowledge, for the understanding. And that reminder that there's nowhere to go and there's nothing to get, what that means, what that's saying is, it's already, you're already here and it's already here. You don't have to grasp or reach, just get still and listen. And these last three pieces, right? The last three teachings, the discipline, the self-study and the surrender. When those three pieces are added into our practice, I really think it elevates the practice. It moves the practice from simply a concentration technique or a relaxation technique. And it shifts it into a place where you could call it a spiritual awakening or a spiritual experience. Because you are now having an experience with the deepest part of yourself. It's come off the cover of the magazine. It's no longer a top five ways to take care of yourself this year, right? It's no longer a stopgap measure to manage our mental health. It is something much, much more than that. And so I I think I want to name that, particularly because this goes out on a podcast And the people in the class, I see and I know, and I know you practice a lot. And the people on the podcast, I don't know. And and if you're just starting out, let's just name like we just went really deep, really fast. And it's enough to sit down on the cushion and start practicing. It's enough to make the shift from busyness towards stillness for a few minutes every day. And all of these other pieces they're already there and you uncover them when you're ready. Okay. So that being said, we're going to do a practice. And in the practice, we might think about this trustful surrender in the sense that what if everything that showed up in your practice, everything was meant to be an important part of your practice? That's the question I'll pose in advance. What if everything that shows up in this practice is meant to be an important part of your practice? So we listen to the thoughts and we feel the feelings and we notice the ideas. We pay attention to the urge to run or to sleep or to whatever. And then when we're done, when I say thank you so much and the recording ends, you pick up your journal and you write down all of that stuff as if it really matters. And then you start to notice. What is it that you know? What's that inner self saying? What comes from the voice of love? What comes from the voice of fear? Okay, so. Let's find a comfortable seat. And if that was a lot for you to take in just now, or it stirred up a lot of thoughts, or questions, or comments, take a minute just to shake it off. You can literally shake out your arms, You could roll your shoulders, you can move your spine, you can move to a different seat if you need to. You're gonna take all the time you need to find a space that feels comfortable and safe. You're gonna take all the time you need to gather what you need to feel supported, whether that's extra blankets or cushions, socks for your feet, And whenever you find your spot, your position, you'll decide if you want your eyes closed or if you prefer them to be softly open. You'll allow your hands to rest wherever they feel most comfortable. Together as a group, we'll take a deep inhale in. Exhale out a sigh. And do that again, inhaling deeply. Exhaling out a sigh. And as your breath falls back to its own comfortable pace, we'll invite our practice in by silently saying to ourselves, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words, I wonder if you can sit down more. If you can release all those subtle ways that you've been preparing for the next moment. You might for a moment, bring your mind down to the cushion or chair beneath you and invite yourself to sit in a way that embodies nonviolence. We sit without creating harm to ourselves or the earth beneath us. As we sit in this soft and supported way, we'll take time just to check in with our spine, making sure that however we are, whatever position we're in, we feel all and awake. You might just sense down along the right side of the spine and the left side of the spine, making sure that both sides feel balanced, equal. And you sense into the front of the spine and the back of the spine balanced and equal. And as we sit and we breathe here, you might feel or imagine yourself drawing all of your senses inward. looking inward and listening inward. Smell and taste and touch all directed inward. It's as if we were seated inside our own meditation hut. A hut that protects us from the sounds and distractions outside. A hut that protects us from all the distracting thoughts and noise inside. A hut that protects us from all the stories we tell ourselves. And it's here that we begin to feel our forehead softening, letting go across the expanse of your forehead Letting go behind your forehead, softening the skin around the eyes and behind your eyes, softening the hinge of the jaw inside your mouth. between your two ears. Imagining your shoulders softening Letting go of the muscles through the chest, softening even the heart, letting go of the muscles in the belly. Allowing yourself to breathe freely and easily. You might begin to feel your body breathing. Perhaps you feel this in one specific part of your body Perhaps your breath feels like a full-body experience. We'll let our awareness rest on this feeling of breath. And as we sit in silence for 10 minutes, we'll each just continue to feel ourselves breathe. And each and everything that arises or distracts within this 10 minutes, It's all vital to the practice. Let it be here. You could look at it. You could name it. You could say hi to it. And then you let it go. You feel the next breath. And you notice the next thing that arises. Letting go of what we think the practice should look like or feel like. And surrendering to what the practice is. your breath here, taking time to notice what you were thinking or feeling or experiencing. Maybe noticing what you heard through voice of fear or voice of love. Slumped over it all, you might straighten your spine a bit, wiggling into your fingers and your toes. Together we'll take a deep breath in. Exhaling out a sigh. Taking all the time you need. To blink your eyes open and let go of your practice. Thank you guys so much for your time and attention. Be sure you journal. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps others to find the show, and let's face it, we could definitely use more meditators in this world. The Mindful Minute is recorded on Muscogee land and produced with the support of Madeline Day Production Management and Brianna Nielsen Virtual Assistance. To join my live classes, ask questions, or learn more about my teacher trainings, please visit MerrillArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next week.